Hello, and welcome to Connection Life Ministries podcast. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to God's Word. Today's podcast comes from Robert Becker, a prophet and teacher from Owensville, Kentucky. But Paul heard their internal cry. They said, we want to worship something. Teach us what it is to worship. Teach us who we're supposed to worship. And he began to preach the Gospel to them till the whole village was saved. But he did that because he did not need the milk. He was already eating meat. In three years' time, he was eating meat and not, the, and not milk still. He chose to be chosen. He chose to move forward in God and not be a pew sitter. He could have still sat under Galileo. He still could have been in Asia listening to the scholars of the Bible teach Him like He did for three years. But He said, I know that God's called me to do something. When He struck me from the horse and blinded me, And He sent the man of God to lay hands on me. My scales fell off my eyes. And God began to show me everything I was supposed to endure in the Gospel. He heard the cry for ministry. And He answered that cry. He didn't just sit still. He answered the cry. Let me go on. I am the Good Shepherd. Verse 14, chapter 10 of John. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of the, of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. He's talking about the Gentile nation here. So you got to remember, this is Jesus speaking to His people. And He said, I have another sheep. I have another flock that you don't know about. He already called the church into existence before His death. He called the church of the Gentiles into existence because he heard the cry of the Gentile nation, even in its in and out of its rebellion. Therefore does my God hear love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man take it from me, but I lay it down for of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. It's talking about, I am my Father. In verse 14, He says, I am a good shepherd and I know that my sheep am known. John 15, 
Again, I'm trying to get you to teach a little milk first. Trying to whet the appetite a little bit. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Now we went from sheep to being vines. Every branch in me that heareth that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. It means he takes the suckers off of it. He takes he cleans it up. He takes the things that are dead or things that would cause death and he pops them off. Come on, buddy. Let's go this way. Wow. And he pops them off. I know, and I know we shouldn't be talking about tobacco and all that stuff. That's a great big sin according to a lot of people. But I remember when I was working in tobacco and Charles Little said, Robert, I want you to hear we were topping the tobacco. We mean cutting the Seed, seedlings out of the very top of it so that it would, it would stun its growth. So it was as tall as it would ever get. We topped the tobacco. But down inside the leaves were little bitty plants coming up. They, they were called suckers. Now the reason they were called suckers is because all the, the life juice that was, in the, that was in the stalk of the tobacco when you topped it, it had, it had no place to go into the seeds to cause the seeds to grow. So all the nutrients in it would go back, flow back down and go into the leaves to cause the leaves to get broader so that the leaves would get big. So that the bigger the leaf, the more the weight, the better the tobacco looked, the more you got paid when you harvested it. But at the base of the leaf stem, between the stalk and the stem, came up a little baby plant. And they called it suckers. The reason they called it suckers is because it sucked all the nutrient out of the stalk that was meant for the leaves. And it literally drained the nutrients. And Charles would say, Robert, while you're topping, you make sure you get all them suckers. Because we want our leaves as big as we can get. Man, I hated sucker. That was a job. But man, sometimes you went from the very top of the plant all the way to the very base of the plant. If there was 25 leaves on that, man, you had to pop 25 suckers. And it was mid-August... Uh, September uh, and you're down through there and the sun's beaming down on you and you don't get no water the rows are 300 stick rows and if you know a stick's about 3 foot long you know about a 900 foot row that you're going through there and you don't think you're ever getting to the end of it but it was expedient that you continued doing what you were doing so that you got paid and it was expedient that you did what you were doing so the farmer got the money so that you could get paid. So he said, so we're talking about plants now. So that was 
When he talks about purging, that's what he meant. He said, I suckered you. He said, I cut the life, the the life draining things away from you so that you could grow bigger, so that you could mature, so that I could harvest you properly, so you could do what you were called to do. But where was I at? Bless you, Lord. 15.1. I didn't get very far, did I? Starting verse 3. Now ye are clean through the Word which I have spoken unto you. He's cleaned us up. He's caused life to be able to flow to us. He's got us all suckered, ready to go. Abide in Me and I in you. He says, stay with Me. Don't fall away from the stop because I'm the one that brings you life. And I'll keep giving you life as long as you stay in Me. You abide in Me, I'll abide in you. We'll help each other. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. See, Jesus has already gone to heaven. He's already been glorified. And because it's not yet His time to come back to earth and harvest, He can't bring fruit. He has to have us to help Him bring the fruit forward. It says, Abide in Me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. And I said that just backward. We can't bring forth fruit unless we stay in Jesus. And I'm talking about good fruit. I'm talking about profitable fruit. Fruit that's good for us. But still, we are Jesus' hand reached out to the world. And we can't bring forth fruit if we disattack ourselves from Jesus, from God. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abide in me, and I in him, the same bring forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you broke away from the from the vine, if your stem is come disattached from the vine, branch here means stem. It's just like a just like a leaf or a flower petal. It gets cut away from the branch that's attached to the roots that has no way of having life, water, nutrients brought to it. It withers up and dies. If you become disattached from the vine, you're going to wither up and die. And then, guess what? The only cry you hear is your own cry of pain and suffering. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue, in, continue ye in my love. 
If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Oh, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Then he says, you are my friends. He said, I've loved you so much I've laid my life down for you because you're my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, He may give it you. These things I command you that you love one another. If you abide in Him, you hear His cry for cleanliness. You hear His cry and He says, if you abide in Me, I'll clean you. I'll make you ready so that you can bring forth much fruit. The fruit that you bring forth comes from you being able to hear the cry for ministry. For you being able to hear and the Spirit pricking your heart saying, listen to Him. But if you're disattached, you're not hearing the Spirit say, listen, listen, listen. You're hearing the cry of misery. And soon your voice, because you don't have the life giving blood pumping through you anymore, because you disattached yourself, the only voice that you hear crying is your own. Then you become self-indulgent. Nothing satisfies. The reason nothing satisfies is because you've disattached yourself from that thing which gives you life and which gives you life more abundant. Because once you taste of that life, that life becomes so abundant that you begin to be satisfied. I'm not saying that you're not needing stuff here on earth, but you begin to be satisfied and thankful for what you do have. And once you begin to be that way, once you begin to be content and satisfied in the stuff that God has for you, then you can hear when that person's crying out, I need help. I want help. See me. Philippians 3. Starting in verse 13. It says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Please go ahead and look for it. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark 
for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the cry that I hear coming from God. That is my prize, which is my ministry. I forget the things in which I had need of. I forgot the things which caused me to cry out in misery. I forgot everything that was behind me. See, the only thing that was behind Paul was death and destruction. He said, I forget the things that were behind me. And I press toward the things that are before me, which is a prize of the high calling, the high cry that God has sent forward for me to hear. The cry for me to go and do the ministry, to do the work of the ministry that He's called me to. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, or as many as being perfected in God, be thus minded. For those that has allowed God to clean up, for those that has allowed God to, to sucker out and clean up so that the life-giving blood flows through you. The one that says that the, out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water that you can give out of that water to cause life for someone else. Be thus minded. Meaning... We have to be just like Paul, forgetting the things which were behind and going forward into the things which are before us to reach or to fight or to strive for the prize of the high cry of God, which is, and that's a calling, I put calling, I say cry, because that's what it is. He's crying out. He said, come unto Me. Come unto Me. Let Me clean you up so that you can go forward and do ministry. The prize is that of being able to minister. God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Many of the things that we've already learned in God, let us continue to walk in the things that we've learned. Don't forget about it. Don't forget about loving one another. Don't forget about making sure that you're working in the Ten Commandments. Making sure that you're working in a, out of love and not out of self, out of self-indulgence, trying to for self-gain. That your that your agenda is not for you, but your agenda is to be pleasing unto God and to reach those that are calling out. Brethren, be followers together of Me. Watch what I'm doing. Follow after Me. And mark them which walk so as. Meaning there's others that are walking just like I'm walking. I'm not the only one that has stood before God and cried out, Use Me. I'm not the only one that holds the truth in a little bottle that I pour out on you and give you just a little bit. There's others that are walking the way I'm walking. Mark them. Follow them. Follow me. Whoever you can understand, go after. Mark them which walk so as ye have us 
for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. They once knew, but now they're in error. And my heart's heavy for them because I know where they're winding up if they don't change their way. Whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly? Here it means that they turn from preaching the true gospel to being being preachers of that of self-indulgence, of hearing the cry of self, of hearing the cry of the world, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things, the cry of the world, wanting self-gain, prosperity. And I'm not talking against a prosperity preacher. Because if you can preach prosperity and you can bring it through the Word, and you live it and it's working in you, then it's a truth. But if you're gaining to be a hoarder of it and not a giver, then you're hoarding into your belly by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. See, there was a man that was that was a preacher. But I thought he was a name it and claim it. Flab it and grab it. Prosperity preacher. Oh, give, give, give. Gotta give it back. And then I noticed this man was sending CDs and DVDs and books and Bibles all across the world, paying for it himself out of the out of the ministry. He wasn't hoarding up the money. He was going forward. Matter of fact, the man wasn't taking any money out of the daggone ministry. Only money he was using was money he was getting out of his books. And money that people said. God would lay on their heart and say, I'm going to sow this into you. That was the only money He was living off of. He was truly following after God. <laughs> they give God everything He had. Truly living after God. And he was preaching a prosperity message. But His heart was where it needed to be. His heart was after the work of the ministry. Sends thousands and thousands and thousands of CDs and DVDs all across the world and doesn't charge anybody anything for them. Pays for the shipping and handling himself. Or his ministry does. For our conversation is in heaven from whom, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change your, our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. Now, let's listen to a little bit of crying out that Jesus listened to. Let's listen to what it sounds like to hear the cry of ministry. 
Turn to Jonah 2. Let's hear what it means to listen to the cry. Jonah is probably back in the part of the Bible that never gets turned to. The ones where the pages are earlocked and you never can get them because they've never been unstuck from the gold bondage. prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly out of his point of hell on earth out of his point of desperation and he said I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord and he heard me out of the belly of hell cried I and thou heard my voice God's listening to the cry. And He's saying, I need someone that I can anoint His ears to hear the cry of the ministry. (coughs) See, Jonah, remember? I said sometimes people are put in the predicament because they chose to do things that were not of God, that they put themselves because they heard the cry of their own flesh. Well, Jonah heard the cry that he didn't want to go to Nineveh. So he ran. He ran from God instead of running to God. And he wound up in the belly of the whale or the great fish. And he cried out to God. And the Word says that God heard his cry. And He delivered him. Mark 9.24 I'm going to jump a little bit. Stay with me. I'm going to be fast. Mark 9, verse 24. It says, well, let's go up here to give me just a second. Let's go to verse 14. 9 verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questing with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld Him, were greatly amazed, and running to Him, saluted Him. And He asked the scribes, What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he take him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spoke to thy disciples that they should cast him out. And they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? 
How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed and foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. Since he was a child did this happen. Now we don't know how old the boy was, but he said since he was a child. That means before he was age 13, because we know at age 13 that they didn't call him a child. There was no adolescent period in the Jewish history. They went from a child to a man, to a young man. So he had to be before he was 13, and now he was older than 13, so we know it had been at least two years that he was like this. Maybe even longer, probably even longer. And oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. If you can believe, then all things are possible to you that can believe. And straightway the father of the child cried out, he sent a cry forward. He'd already been crying. He'd already begged Jesus, please help my son. I have such a love for my son and it's tearing me apart to see him be this way. Help me if you can help me. But then the cry becomes sorrowful. And he said with tears, Lord, I believe. But God, help me my unbelief. Lord, I know that You can do it. But I'm having a hard time seeing You get it done. Help me see it done. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, He rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter to no more into him. And the spirit cried. And it ran him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privily. Well, we'll stop right there, because there's another story in itself. Jesus heard the cry of the man. It started out, Lord, I'm... I, I, I'm pitiful. I don't want to see him like this. It was a not really self-indulgent, but in a way it was self-indulgent. I don't want to see him like this. Lord, he's embarrassing to me. But then when Jesus got to the heart of the matter, he said, if you can believe all things can be done. And when he pricked his heart, and he said, that's exactly what it is. He said, Lord, I believe that it can be done. But Lord, I'm having a hard time seeing it. Help me to see it. Help me to believe in God. And then he heard the true cry of ministry, which gave God an opportunity to move on that boy's behalf. You've been listening to Connection Life Ministries podcast. It is our honor and privilege to partner with others from around the world in a joint effort to get the Word of God to you. 
If you would like more information or have questions, feel free to email us at connectionlifeministries at yahoo.com. Thank you.